On this episode of the Fantasy Fallout Podcast, Brandon and I will be recapping all of the news that has happened as the buildup to the preseason continues in the NFL, including some major things that will affect multiple teams and players in fantasy football. In addition, we'll also be answering a couple of your viewer questions, and then we'll be heading right into our mock draft. Stay tuned for a very special episode of the Fantasy Fallout Podcast. Welcome back to the Fantasy Fallout Podcast. Today is August 7th. We are recording this at around 10 p.m. And we have a very, very special episode today. Brandon, why is that? Um, I think it's because we have guests, Jake. We do have guests. We do have guests, and we're doing a mock draft. And I'm very, very excited. And we'll get right into that. Real quick, let's introduce the guests here. Uh, we have two guests. Uh, the first is Connor Calzone. Uh, he, he's got some credentials in the fantasy sports world here. He runs an NBA 2K league where he commissions and uh, simulates for over 30 teams. Uh, he's also done a bunch of fantasy football. I've done a YouTube video with him, Pro versus Joe, Fantasy Football Mock Draft. So, real excited to have him on this show. Connor, how are you feeling today? I feel good that I was the first guest introduced. It makes, <laughs> me, feel, it makes me feel special. Uh, fair enough. I mean, that doesn't minimize anything about our second guest. He's coming to us from our home dynasty league, Brandon. I'd say he's had quite a run up for my money on these trades that he's done with me recently, he's kind of fleeced me in a couple of these. Uh, I, I, he made the playoffs last year, re- turned around a really poor team. And really he's a ca- championship contender every year. Uh, uh, with that being said, let's introduce Andrew. Andrew, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling good. And I, I would say, you know, I wasn't offended to be, you know, introduced second, but you know, now that Connor is so uh, happy about being introduced first, I feel like I should be. But, you know, all I, all I have to say is I feel like I did fleece you in a couple of those trades, Jake. So uh, I'll just, I'll just <laughs> leave that here for now. Yeah. I, I think some of my worst trades have honestly been when I've come to you desperate in need for a position to push for a championship and you just give me, an absolute run for my money. You take all my pocket change and then you leave me on the side of the road with Evan Ingram. So with that being said, before we get into our mock draft, uh, tons of news here. Uh, First and foremost, we finally got a Deshaun ruling. Yay. Six games, Brandon. That's not a lot, right? Uh games not a lot but it seems like we're uh we're not done yet jake so maybe we'll get to talk about this for a few more months uh yeah we're going to be talking about this in perpetuity if i'm being honest uh nfl uh decides to appeal the suspension what that means is roger goodell can either arbitrarily decide deshaun's punishment after a hearing or decide who gets to punish deshaun after a hearing. So basically at this point, the NFL stepping in, they're going to determine the length of his suspension. I'm hearing at least a year, possibly indefinite. 
I wouldn't be surprised. The NFL is doing the right thing here. And uh, that being said, almost all of the Browns, except for Nick Chubb and Amari Cooper, have been knocked pretty significantly down my board. Uh, Deshaun is a non-factor this year. I'm not even touching him. I would not have touched him with a six-foot pole before. But now, if you were considering it, no longer a viable option here. Uh, yep, for the next couple of weeks, I wouldn't draft him. Um, but I think um, in like two quarterback dynasty leagues, um, you can start thinking about uh, picking up Joe, Jimmy Garoppolo. He was dropped because I, I don't really see a way where the Browns actually waste the full season with Brissett. So if Watson's gone, I'd imagine that they go after somebody like Garoppolo again. Yeah. I mean, right now I have Brissett in a, all 17 games, but it's a fluid situation. If they do trade for Jimmy, they're they're investing a lot of money into the quarterback position for not a lot of product, production, kind of like what the Panthers are doing this year, except it's even worse. All right, next piece of news, Alvin Kamara's court case has been pushed 60 days to September 29th. This is reminding me of 2017 Zeke, where his court case kept getting pushed back. Then it was resolved in the middle of the season. He was suspended. And if you had him, you did not have him for the playoffs. And if you were like me, that caused you to lose in the wild card round. So I'm actually not too interested in Alvin Kamara. His ADP has gone up since this news, surprisingly. Uh, he could get a suspension once the court case is finished on September 29th. It's a very high risk to me, I think, that he could get suspended from about week five to, let's say, week 12 at a minimum. Let's keep in mind that the six games was a minimum. Now that the NFL's coming in, they're punishing Deshaun Watson. Wouldn't be surprised if they cracked down on Alvin Kamara. He was arrested for assault, uh, physical assault in Las Vegas during the Pro Bowl. Uh, there is videos. He clearly did it. Uh, so wouldn't be surprised if this situation turns badly really quick. I'm not really drafting Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you could, if you're like, um, willing to take on the risk, um, you know, it certainly could be a league winning type pick. Um, if you're doing a ton of leagues, I know we were talking earlier, you're in like six or 12 leagues. Maybe it makes sense to have one league where you have Kamara. Uh, just in case he comes back, because if Kamara uh, does, you know, come back after being in the second round, he could be a pretty fantastic pick. Um, but if you're a one-league guy, I would not, you know, take a big gamble on Kamara. There are plenty of other good players going where he is going at this point. This is, it's a situation where it's a gamble. If you win the gamble, you probably win your league, you win big. But if you lose, you're going to lose really badly. Yeah, well, moving in the, in the third round, it was like a league-winning gamble. But now I think it's more just like a you know, slight shift in your odds sort of thing. Yeah. I, I wouldn't spend the second-round pick. That's a premium pick on a guy who may get suspended during the time that I need him most. Uh, but for the take, sake of time, let's move on. James Washington of the Dallas Cowboys out six to 10 weeks. 
I don't really have that affecting anybody. Uh, maybe the rookie Jalen Tolbert gets a little bit more work, but still I think CD Lamb is going to be the number one option in that passing offense. Uh, then Tim Patrick, unfortunately, tore his ACL during training camp. He's out for the year. And there, there were rumors that he was going to be the number two wide receiver. And Jerry Judy may not have impressed Russell Wilson as much as we liked. So this is big news. Specifically, I think for Jerry Judy, because by all means, from every sort of news source, everyone's saying Russell absolutely loves Cortland Sutton. They go to church together. They do everything together. They're attached to the hip. Jerry Judy, mostly silent. Uh, you were hearing some positive stuff about Tim Patrick, but with this ACL, Jerry Judy has a, has a chance now to get even more work. Yeah, Tim Patrick is just flat out good. Um, so not having him in there takes this from three good wide receivers to two. Um, and that's where I'm you know, comfortable uh, with Russell Wilson's track record of supporting two receivers with having pretty limited competition at that third receiver slot. I think KJ Hamler is not really that different from David Moore or Freddie Swain, uh, wide receivers three that Russell Wilson has had in the past. Um, but now that Tim Patrick's gone, I am much, much, much more open to drafting Sutton or Judy. Um, before I wasn't touching them at all, and now I'd be totally happy to have them in those middle rounds. Yeah, I mean, you said it right there. Perfect synopsis of the scenario. Uh, I, I agree. I changed quite a bit of my rankings of the Broncos wide receivers. Uh, I now have Sutton, Sutton doing better than Judy, but it, this is a very big opportunity in an offense where traditionally this specific quarterback has supported two top 20 or so wide receiver options. Uh, moving on, Nikhil Harry sustains a serious ankle injury. We don't have tons of updates on this one. Uh, the only significant news could be that even more targets are now going to go back to Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet. And then uh, concern out of 49ers training camp that Trey Lance looks really, really bad. Like, bad. What yeah. do we make of this? Because right now Trey Lance in some leagues is getting drafted over Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, Trey Lance doesn't really have to look that good as a passer to still be productive for fantasy. So I'm not like super concerned, but I think it does get rid of a big portion of his upside. Um, obviously, he has to be at least a competent passer to return uh, on his value where he's going. Um, I think at this point, if you take him over Jalen Hurts, though, you're crazy. Uh, it just doesn't seem like there are many good reasons. And you know some of that criticism has been coming from other 49ers players. Um, so that, that seems like a really bad sign to me. I would uh, be a little cautious with him. Yeah, I definitely would too. I'd be a little concerned if I was a dynasty owner uh, looking at you, Andrew, specifically. Uh, if you want to trade Trey Lance to me, though, uh, I'd be more than happy <laughs> to do that. <laughs> but I, I'm not too worried. It is training camp. You expect a quarterback who hasn't played any sort of games to not look great. And 
though this is this is something that I want to monitor here. Uh, two positive pieces of news before we get into the couple of viewer requests that we've gotten. Uh, Damien Pierce has reportedly easily taken all the running back one snaps throughout training camp for the Houston Texans. Uh, Marlon Mack not even sniffing the backfield. And Juju emerging very quickly as Mahomes clear number one wide receiver in that room. Uh, let's talk about Juju first. Uh, Juju is a polarizing player in the fantasy football community. He's gotten a lot of volume, but a lot of that was Ben Roethlisberger didn't really have the arm strength to throw more than three or four yards for large chunks of the past few seasons. So he just hit Juju on crossing routes, on slants, and that's where he got his volume. If this report of him being the number one wide receiver for Patrick Mahomes is true, I'm very excited because Patrick Mahomes is going to be the best quarterback that Juju will ever play for. Sure, so sure. monitor that one. Yeah, no, I think um, if we see more and more reports that are exactly like this, um, we will be forced to move Juju up our ranks. I already have him up there pretty high in the 20s, um, but it just doesn't seem like there's that much of a chance that he is a bust. I think he's a pretty safe pick at this point. Yeah, I really think that's what it's becoming. Juju's no longer in the bust category, which is huge because two situations here that are kind of similar in Green Bay and Kansas City, uh, you're going to want one of the wide receivers here. Uh, we just don't know who. So starting to get that clarity means that we'll be able to start to rank these guys a little bit more accordingly. And uh, just for the record, Juju just moved up in my rankings to wide receiver, I believe, 29. Uh, let's talk about Damian Pierce real quick. I'm so excited. He has a real chance to go into a bell cow role as a rookie. He's not even getting drafted in some of these 15 round leagues. I'm thrilled that he's taking this chance. He's running with it and he looks reportedly great because there's a lot of touches in the Houston offense that are up for grabs. And if Damian Pierce takes a significant chunk of them, he's going to be a real fantasy asset. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I still like Marlon Mack. I think there's almost no way that they give a rookie with such low draft capital like a bell cow role. Um, but the Texans run the ball a decent amount, probably too much, given how bad they are at it. Um, and as long as they keep doing that, then Pierce is a nice pick in the late rounds, even as high as like the, I don't know, 10th round, Jake. What do you think? I would say anywhere between the 10th to the 12th rounds. Uh, round where you're taking like these Melvin Gordon types, I'd rather take the shot on Damian Pierce because Melvin Gordon, you know what he's going to get. He's going to get like 40 to 45% of the carries. Uh, and he's upside's cap, but Damian could get much more. And it's clear the Texans like him. And it's clear he's going to have a big role here. But how big of a role, we don't know. So there's a little bit of risk in it, but I think the upside is well worth it taking over him, taking him over these guys like that. And just one quick thing before we get into the viewer request, don't sleep on the Texans. They have some, they have some options there. Uh, <laughs> Davis Mills at times looked like the best rookie quarterback of the class last year. 
he he was relatively poised under fire in an extremely bad scenario in Houston. Uh, Nico Collins has a ton of physical talent, and towards the end of the season, he was putting up pretty decent numbers. And obviously, Brandon Cooks is always Mr. Reliable. So there is some value in Houston. Moving I'm, on. I'm getting a refreshing 12 hours of sleep on the Texans. Just thought I'd make that note. All right. Put that, I'm going to put that one in our bets column. I'm going to add a column for guests, Connor, over under 12 hours of sleep watching the Houston Texans this season. <laughs> I'll, give him, I'll give him the under on that one. All right, moving on to viewer requests. Uh, first one is request for me, should I fade Jalen Waddle? Given his ADP, uh, Jalen Waddle's going around the third round. Uh, I personally think Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill are going to get almost all of the passing work in Miami. We're hearing reports now that Mike Jacecki is almost exclusively blocking throughout training camp. He's not running routes. The team's not hauling plays where he would run routes which concerning for Mike Jacecki owners, but that aside indicates to me that the Dolphins clearly want to run this offense through their wide receivers. So I, I don't think it's unreasonable for Jalen Waddle to get over hundred targets in this offense because that's what the Dolphins are looking like they're going to do. Uh, it seems like they're going to want to run an offense that controls a lot of horizontal space uh, with the threat of the vertical passing game, and they're going to just keep throwing it to these two elite wide receivers that they have and pepper them with targets. So personally, of the two Dolphins wide receivers, I'd take Tyreek. Obviously, he's the better one, and he's the one that they paid $100 million plus to play for their team and traded a first-rounder for. But... That doesn't mean Jalen Waddle will not be productive and he doesn't have a chance to hit the top 20 by volume alone. So I'm not necessarily fading Jalen Waddle, but at the same time in the third round, you can get a guy like Mike Evans. So if you can do that instead, I would do that. But by no means fade Jalen. Brennan, what are your thoughts on Jalen Waddle on the Dolphins offense? Are you fading him or, or are you completely okay with his ADP? Yeah, I don't know if I would fade Jalen Waddle necessarily, but I, I find myself not ever drafting him. Um, his ADP I'm looking right now on Fantasy Pros is wide receiver 14, right after Michael Pittman, right before Deontay Johnson and DJ Moore. Um, so if Michael Pittman's there, I'm always taking him. You know, no reason to take the wide receiver two with a worse quarterback when you can take the wide receiver one with a better quarterback. Um, in term, in the case of Michael Pittman, um, and, and with DJ Moore, you know you're getting you know what I consider about equal talent, um, but with just infinitely less competition uh, from a similarly skilled quarterback. So I do like Jalen Waddle. I think he'll be fine. I think he's a solid pick in the third round. But you know everybody has their, or I guess he's going in the fourth round. Um, and everyone has their favorite guys. He's just not one of my favorite guys in that fourth round. Yeah, I'd rather take Amon Ra, whose ADP has actually risen to about the fourth round. Uh, second viewer request before we get into our mock draft. Uh, what is our top QB wide receiver stack? 
normally I'm not actively looking for a stack. I'm looking to get BPA. I'm looking for the best player that I can. If it's a stack, so be it. But if I were to get a stack, this one that I'm about to name, I think is a pretty darn good one. Aaron Rodgers and Alan Lazard. Both of these guys are going between round eight to round 10. So it's relatively cheap. So you can stock up on, on guys early. You don't have to spend the premium draft capital on this stack. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. He won't throw more than like five interceptions in the season. His ceiling and floor are both high particularly because he doesn't turn the ball over ever. And he always has thrown for a lot of touchdowns. I don't think that's going to change with Devontae Adams because Aaron Rodgers did it before without Devontae Adams. And in the games that Aaron Rodgers has played without Devontae Adams while he was in Green Bay, he's he has not seen a drop off in his production at all. So getting Aaron Rodgers in like round eight, round nine, I think is a really strong quarterback option here. And then Alan Lazard around the same spot. We talked about it a little earlier. Uh, Kansas City and Green Bay are going to have a wide receiver that emerges as a top guy. And you're having two basically Hall of Fame quarterbacks on those teams throwing to that guy. So I want every part of that. And for the Packers, Aaron Rodgers has come out and said Alan Lazard is the wide receiver one. We're basically transitioning from one Hall of Famer to another. And I'm excited to rock and roll with Alan Lazard. So that's my stack. I think that's pretty straightforward. Brandon, uh, the quarterback wide receiver stack that you have is interesting. You've been on the record on this podcast saying this specific quarterback is actually going to have a better fantasy season than Aaron Rodgers. Uh, it might have been one of your spiciest takes in fantasy football ever. Explain your uh, stack to me. Uh, yes, I chose... Mr. Daniel Jones, Darius Tony. Uh, Daniel Jones is free in the last round of their drafts uh, for some reason. You know, he's a high quality rusher um, who showed improved signs as a passer before he got hurt last year and now has a great coach. Uh, so I want every part of Daniel Jones for free as long as I can take him. Um, and I want to stack him with Darius Tony. Uh, there are, you know, five decent receiving options on the Giants. Um, one or two of them will wind up being really good. I'm sure Brian Dabble is going to make sure of that. And I'm Kadarius Tony, who is currently going uh, going 110th overall, is my pick for that role. He is incredibly fast, a great route runner. He can catch. He's just the kind of guy, you know, if he was on the Packers right now, everybody would be talking about drafting him in the fifth round. Um, but he's on the Giants. You can get him in the ninth round or 10th round. Um, and I, I'll do that um, as often as I can, as long as I'm taking wide receiver um, in that area. Yeah, I think I think the lesson here is we're not paying a premium for like a Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert stack. We're not, we're not paying like super high draft capital here for like AJ Brown, Jalen Hurts. If we're going to stack, we're going to take a cheap, high upside, low risk stack. Uh, with that being said, uh, Andrew Connor, thank you for waiting while we went over the news and the view request. Getting into our mock draft, uh, we're going to be doing it on Sleeper. 
where we have 15 rounds. So we're doing a PPR, uh, 12 team, one flex, 15 rounds. So six benches, uh, mock draft here. Uh, we randomized the order beforehand for the episode. I got picked two. Our guest Andrew got picked five. Uh, Connor got picked eight. And then Brandon will be picking at pick 12, the last one. So he'll be at the turn there. Uh, you guys excited? I'm excited. Yeah, should be great. I'm hoping the uh, tech works out for us here. Connor, Andrew, you guys ready? Yes, I'm off of Instagram and ready. Perfect. All right. With that being said, we're going to start the draft here. Um, yes, I do want to start the draft. Going one, Jonathan Taylor. That's no surprise. Uh, guy I'm going to take is usually goes one or two. I'm taking Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Brandon, we've gone over why we would do that a bajillion times on this podcast. Uh, Derek Henry, three. Chase four. And then Schachter, uh, you want to explain to us your pick there. You took Eckler at five. Yeah, honestly, I thought Eckler was going to go at four. Um, I think, I mean, pretty standardly, it's Taylor McCaffrey, Henry, Henry Eckler right at the top of the draft there. So I'm happy, happy to get Eckler at uh, five. The only guy I'm, the only other guy I'm concerning there is Dominic Cook. I think personally, I just like to go running back if I have a top five pick um because you could get that premium guy so that that's just my thinking that's where i'm looking there yeah i think that's some pretty sound reasoning there uh eckler is in my top five running backs as well uh pretty solid pick there i have derrick henry and Najee ahead of him uh derrick went three and Najee is potentially a little bit more contentious so pretty good pick there connor you actually took Najee at eight I so, love I love Joe Mixon. I was so close to picking Joe Mixon. I'm a Joe Mixon stand because I bought low on him last season. In my casual fantasy football league, Joe Mixon went in the third round last year, and it was what pushed me into the playoffs was getting Joe Mixon in round three. So I love so, Joe Mixon. I'm a stand, but Najee Harris, I think, just has a little bit more upside as being like the primary offensive option on the Steelers. So had to go Najee. Right. Uh, makes sense. I love the Najee pick from you. He's my running back three. Uh, Brandon, any thoughts on Connor's pick at Najee? And then we'll get right into the two guys that you took. Saquon, wow. Yeah, no, big fan of Najee Harris. Um, you know, lots of volume, probably the most dependable volume outside of those top five running backs. Um, obviously talented. We'll see how he does with that offensive line in Pittsburgh. I think that's why he's not going in the top five. Um, but very solid guy. My two picks, uh, CeeDee Lamb, um, he is the wide receiver five off the board in this draft. He's my wide receiver five, but I think he represents a drop-off in tier um, with the guys who have you know, a real chance at being the number one receiver. Love that he's going to be getting so many targets from a high-quality quarterback. Um, and then I take uh, Saquon Barkley for similar reasons. I think he's the last of the pass-catching running backs that has a backfield all to himself. Um, so I, I enjoy taking him even at the turn, uh, his, you know, 80, his ADP is around 22, 23. And I, I, I see myself consistently taking him at 13, um, just because of that upside. I, I believe that Saquon's all the way back. Yeah. Other first round picks, Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Joe Mixon, Devontae Adams. I really liked 
the rationale that you said about Saquon and CeeDee Lamb at the turn, that even though the ADP uh, was a little bit low, you took the guy that you wanted. And that's, I think, the liberating thing about drafting at the turn is you don't have to rely on that necessarily. Uh, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, Stefan Diggs, and then Connor, you took Nick Chubb. Yeah, uh, and then- I took Chubb over Swift because uh, with the recent news coming out about Kareem Hunt, I just think that Chubb's going to have a lot of options. And with the fact that Deshaun's not going to play, I mean, it's going to be tough to form, get a lot of running yards with like teams not really having to worry about the passing too much. But I think that Chubb is going to be like one of the only guys on the offense actually producing yards. So I feel like Chubb to me was just the slightly better pick over Swift, but I would have been fine with either one of those two. When I was looking at the board, I saw Chubb and Swift. Those were the two guys I was targeting in my pick. So happy I got one of them. DeAndre Swift up next. Alvin Kamara going high. We talked about him earlier. And then Shakter, you took Debo. Debo's been pretty contentious on this podcast and pretty contentious as a whole. But you seem to uh, believe in him here. Uh, Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, look, the contract situation was resolved. So, I mean, honestly, I'm I'm happy taking Debo as my wide receiver one. Um, he's he seems like he's happy to to play any role that he uh, that he that is put out in front of him. So, you know, I'm gonna take Debo happily uh, with the the rushing and receiving upside that he brings, and you know, hope that he has more of those forty point games uh, similar to to what he did down the stretch at the end of last season. Awesome. Uh, Mark Andrews, uh, second tight end off the board. The guy that I wanted, Aaron Jones, going to pick before me. So I take the other guy I think has really high upside at the running back position, Leonard Fournette. Uh, The weight issue is no longer a concern. He has Tom Brady's trust. Tom Brady's going to check down a bunch. I'm super happy with the pick. Uh, Then Javante Williams and Josh Allen at the team one turn. And then I took Mike Evans. I, I double dipped in the Buccaneers offense, and I really think that these two guys that I took are really good. James Conner, Keenan Allen, and then Shocker, you took Ezekiel Elliott. He has also been relatively contentious, but I like this pick for you. Uh, what are you thinking here? Yeah, I think he was, he was the last of the elite running backs on the board. Um, there hasn't been a running back taken the, the rest of the round. Um, so, you know, I'm pretty happy with with getting the last of really just the elite guys. There's just a huge drop-off right after Zeke. Um, and, you know, uh, a little bit into my draft strategy a little bit. Um, if I'm getting Zeke, I would like to get Tony Pollard, even if I have to reach for him a little bit early later in the draft. Um, I think just having that uh, that one-two is, is nice if one of them goes down as a handcuff. So... Uh, I still think Zeke is a viable fantasy guy and getting him in the third round, you know, the potential could be, you know, he goes back to two years ago and he's uh, he's, you know, a running back one and uh, I have two top tier guys. So I'm, I'm all about Zeke in the third round uh, in this draft. Brennan did some very interesting stuff at the turn, but Brennan, are you upset at who Connor took at 3.8 here? Uh, of course I absolutely would have taken him uh, at the turn, but I'll let Connor upon why he took him yeah I think he was the best wide receiver on the board with like like um Schachter was saying I think that Zeke was like the last in a tier of running backs and I wasn't going to reach for like a David Montgomery Cammy because it wasn't worth it with me having two elite running backs already so uh T Higgins was above an ADP but I liked Michael Pittman more you know um as a wide receiver one on his team with probably a better quarterback 
T. Higgins. Well, no, not the T. Higgins. I was talking talking about someone else. T. Higgins has a better quarterback, but I still think that Michael Pittman's going to be number one, while T. Higgins is going to be number two. So um, I don't hate the pick there. And here, even though we did just talk, there was, you know, the the talk about Jalen Waddle um, at the beginning of this video, but I think I am going to go with Jalen Waddle right here. Just, you know, he does have upside as uh, a very, very, he's going to be a he's going to be a number two that's going to be targeted a lot. So even though he is a number two, he is going to get targeted a lot. And I think he's still going to have a lot of fantasy value. So skipping a little bit ahead in this draft, Connor took Michael Pittman and Jalen Waddle round three, round four. Uh, Before he took Pittman, he took Kyle Pitts and AJ Brown went TJ Higgins after we, we both agree with the rationale, Michael Pittman over T Higgins, Patrick Mahomes, Deontay Johnson, then Brandon took JK Dobbins, DK, DJ Moore. I love the DJ Moore pick, maybe not so much the J.K. Dobbins pick. Uh, explain to me a little bit what you were thinking here, especially because David Montgomery went a pick after. Uh, yeah, no, I, I love J.K. Dobbins. I don't really understand why he's going so low. You know, J.K. Dobbins tells me on Twitter three times every week how healthy he is and that he's going to play week one. Then I'm going to believe J.K. Dobbins. I believe he's incredibly That doesn't talented. concern you? The fact that he's telling me he's healthy is a good sign to me. I don't know. Everyone keeps worrying about him because he's going on the pup. If I were the Ravens, I'd be careful with him too. But if he's saying he's going to play week one, I believe him. He's going to be a bell cow on the best rushing offense in the NFL. So are you worried about Gus? Are you worried about Gus at all? um, I mean, Gus can get a couple of carries here and there, but he's further behind in the process than JK. We've heard that from the medical team there. So uh, if Gus is going to be out a few extra weeks, then I get even more Bell Cal JK, but I think he's going to get 80% of the carries regardless. Uh, so he is my last running back in that tier that Schachter mentioned, um, you know, where Schachter cut it off at Zeke. I include JK Davids. All right. So I mentioned David Montgomery went a pick after Cam Akers, George Kittle. Then we talked about Connor taking Jalen Waddle, talked about him earlier today. Darren you got five Waller seconds, Jake, by the way. Going next? Yeah, I I got this. Uh, I, I picked my guy. Uh, we'll go over him in a minute. Terry McLaurin and then Shaqter took Mike Williams of the LA Chargers. Do you want to run us through that one real quick? Yeah, I think this is this is pretty straightforward. I think he's in the, the same tier as the DK Metcalf, Cortland Suttons of the world who went you know right after him. Um, and I think just Justin Herbert's going to be able to support two really good receivers. And by the end of the season, Mike Williams really could end up as that wide receiver one in this offense. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a pick where I see Mike Williams as my wide receiver too, but I could also see him, you know, with the upside to be my wide receiver one by the end of the year. So I'm happy to get that in the fourth round. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to get that as, as best as I can with the value with the rest of my picks as well. All right. Then Brees Hall team four, that's their first running back. Uh, rookie on the Jets. A lot of people think he's going to be a bell cow here. Um, definitely with news that Michael Carter may not be effective. Could be interesting than Justin Herbert. I took a pair of wide receivers here. Uh, Cortland Sutton and then Amon Ra. Uh, DK Metcalf, Travis Etienne at the turn. Amari Cooper, Kyler Murray after I took Amon Ra. I took Cortland Sutton. We talked a lot about him earlier. I think he's Russell Wilson's number one wide receiver. I now moved him, I believe, within my top 10. I'm very excited about him. And then Amon Ra, everybody knows how much I love Amon Ra. I've touted him on this show. I'm so excited for him. There is news that DJ Chark is impressing in training camp. But to me, that 
just means that there are more options to cover than Amon Ra on this offense, and he'll get more open looks. So I'm in love with Amon Ra. I took him a little bit higher than his ADP on sleeper. I'm at the turn. I knew he wasn't coming back. So I went ahead and did it. Then Amari Cooper, Kyler Murray, uh, Josh Jacobs. I like this pick, Schachter. You're building up a strong running back core. You want to take us through Josh Jacobs real quickly? Who Rumor has it, Eagles might want to trade for him soon. Yeah, I mean, I've also heard rumors that he's looked really, really good in camp. So, you know, even if he's on the Eagles, um, I'm happy with how uh, – how he his outlook for the year um but yeah like you said i'm trying to build up a good running back core early i think the running backs drop off significantly um by uh you know round five round six um so if i could get a good one in round five i'm happy with that um and he's someone who i think will actually benefit from the raiders trading for Devontae adams i think the the raiders in general got a lot better this year and you know he's going to be able to be someone who can benefit from them being up in more games at the end of uh, at the end of you know the fourth quarter and uh, being able to run out the clock. So um, he's someone who I think could could have a lot of upside as well for me. Brandon took a guy I was considering in the sixth round, so that's exactly why I took on in Raw early. Uh, yeah, Josh Jacobs looked really good, and he looked really good in the Hall of Fame game too. Elijah Mitchell, Team 6, Jerry Judy, Team 7. Connor then takes Antonio Gibson. We'll get to him in a minute. Lamar Jackson, uh, 5'9", TJ Hawkinson, 5'10". Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, who Brandon took. Before we get into Jalen Hurts and what Brandon's doing in the turn here, Connor, you took Antonio Gibson. There are some rumors about Gibson here that he's losing his job to Brian Robinson, that Ron Rivera is going to cut his touches. but the upside certainly is there. I thought I've, I've seen news the over the last few days that he's like he's lost weight. He's like more confident. He's healthy, and that he's ready to be the 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 number one running back on the Commanders. And you know, with not a too potent of a passing offense, I think that he can be. You know, if he doesn't lose his job, a workhorse kind of running back. I already have like two like star running backs that I'd be happy rolling out one and two every single week. So if Gibson ends up being, I think he's got a lot of upside as a flex option, but if not, you know, I fill him in for a bye week and then toss him on my bench, you know, whatever I need him for. But I think that he's a high upside guy at the, at five, eight. Yeah. And I really like that rationale thinking that you're continuing to build up these running backs that you're willing to take another guy kind of early there, even if it is a bench guy. And yeah, and I was I was gonna take Jalen Hurts at this next pick, but but I got I was got gonna snagged. take Jalen Hurts if he got to me in round six. Brandon, you took Jalen Hurts and then Miles Sanders. I love these picks for you, specifically the Miles Sanders pick here, because I'm not so thrilled on J.K. Dobbins. Kind of explain to me here what you're doing, basically picking up the Philadelphia's Eagle, Eagles running offense in yeah, I, Miles I, Sanders. In general, I don't love um stacking quarterback and running back or running back and wide receiver on the same team. Um, but I really liked that Jalen Hurts was still available. I wasn't in love with any of the wide receivers around this area, around six-ish. They all had their warts. Um, but Jalen Hurts, I believe in. Um, so I was happy to, you know, get quarterback build up early. Um, and with Miles Sanders, um, you know, I had just watched Gibson, Mitchell, Jacobs, and ETN all go in round five. And I think all of these guys are in committee situations that are much worse than Miles Sanders. And they all have offensive lines that are much worse than Miles Sanders. So I was pretty thrilled 
to grab him in the sixth as my third running back. Um, so now I can take it easy at that position for a couple of rounds. Perfect. Michael Thomas goes next. Marquise Brown, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Connor, you took the guy that I wanted to take. You took Brandon Cooks from me. Yeah, Very I think I think I think amazing value at six five. I like, you know, I think that we've all drafted pretty good teams so far. But I'm I gotta say my first six picks I'm in love with. I'm honestly in love with your team as well. I think you're doing a really good job here. Uh, Kenneth Walker, uh, six six for the computer on Robinson, Chris Godwin to Schachter. Chris Godwin may be healthy week one. Uh, we went over this in the wide receiver episode. Schachter, are are you buying into the Chris? Chris Godwin health hype here? Yeah, I think I am. Um, and I will say Connor did take my pick. I really did want Brandon Cooks right here. So uh, Jakey wasn't getting to you. But um, yeah, I, I think Chris Godwin, um, you know, I've seen reports that he's um, practiced for the last couple of days in camp. So I'm, I'm optimistic. Um, and I think my wide receivers are good enough where um, even if I don't, uh, even if I, uh, Godwin isn't healthy and he's not ready till week four, for example, um, I can get guys um, that, you know, in the lineup that will uh, replace him and um, I can, you know, sink, uh, I can uh, swim until he comes and, you know, I won't sink my team uh, by going 0-4, for example. So um, I'm pretty happy with, with uh, my Chris Godwin pick because that, again, is also a high upside pick and that's been the theme of my team so far. Yeah. Uh, then team four going Adam Thielen, team three Dalton Schultz. I took the risk on DeAndre Hopkins to be in the sixth round. I'm, I, I, we know he suspended the first six games, which is not great, but unlike Kamara, we know when the suspension is. I'm willing to bite that bullet if it means I can get DeAndre Hopkins back for me healthy and ready to go. And he's DeAndre Hopkins. He's going to be elite, even if he is 30 for at least one more season. But then Damien Harris, A.J. Dillon, two running backs I was really considering at my seventh round pick went. I took Kareem Hunt. Uh, we talked about a little bit of the uh, situation with him earlier. He's requesting a trade. Uh, did we did we talk about the Kareem Hunt situation? Uh, we, we did. Uh, he's holding out. I think he's either going to see a lot of touches for the Browns or he's going to just get traded to a team and become the RB1 there. So I'm thrilled to get him in the seventh round. Darnell Mooney at the 7-3. Cordero Patterson at 7-4. Shocker took Juju. We talked about Juju earlier. I really like this pick. I think it's real high upside. Then Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, and Dak Prescott. Connor took Dak Prescott round seven. What's your thought process here? I just, I, I, I don't, you know, I'm the average Joe when it comes to fantasy football. I hate having to scounge the waiver wire for quarterbacks. I just wanted to get a quarterback who I knew would light it up for 5,000 yards this season. If he stays healthy and that's Dak Prescott, he's got plenty of weapons. So, you know, he, he's a pretty consistent fantasy option. And there was, there's Aaron Rodgers left on the board, but after Aaron Rodgers, there aren't any quarterbacks that I love. Like Trey Lance could be good if he can rush. Matthew Stafford's consistent, but not always a high point per game scorer. And then there's like Derek Carr, who's got new weapons, but he was one of the last, like, you know, fill up the statue kind of quarterbacks left. And I really wanted to get a good quarterback. So went with Dak. Perfect. Tony Pollard at seven, nine. So 
Yeah, Unfortunately, Shakhtar will not be able to get his stack. Uh, Rashad Bateman, Chris Edmonds, Gabriel Davis, and then Brandon, you took James Robinson from me. So <laughs> Gabe Davis and James Robinson, the seven eight turn. Uh, this is the part where drafting with friends and people who know it's <laughs> a little difficult. Brandon, I, I love these two picks. Why did you do this to me? Uh, yeah, uh, so so my two of my favorite guys, Rashad Bateman and Chris Edmonds, definitely would have been my two picks. They went right before me. Uh, so I had to pivot on both guys. Uh, but Gabe Davis at the last pick of the seventh round feels like right about the, the time for him. I really do expect him to be the wide receiver two um, by a good, good margin over the wide receiver three in Buffalo. And um, there were some reports that he looked better than Stefan Diggs in practice this week. So who knows what's going on there. Um, and then James Robinson, um, half of the reason I took him was to make you squirm. Uh, but I really do think that he'll get some pretty solid volume. I think he was the best running back available, uh, you know, way down in the eighth round here, uh, a true talent. I'm just getting sniped all throughout this draft. Uh, Devin Singletary right after another running back I wanted to target this round, Drake London, Devonta Smith, who I have ranked really highly. He's going really late. Uh, so I'm really excited on that. Connor, you took Zach Ertz in Arizona. Uh, this is an interesting tight end pick because you had Dallas Goddard still available. Uh, do you want to kind of walk us through here what you were thinking? Why um, Ertz over Goddard? Because that was the rage in Philadelphia last year. Yeah, um, I think that with uh, DeAndre Hopkins being suspended for the first uh, six weeks, that Zach Ertz is going to be, you know, great for the first six weeks. He's literally going to be like probably the second option in Arizona. And I don't know if the meta in this uh, draft that we're doing right now is whether it's total points or if it's head to head, because I've, you know, casual Joe over here, I'm always doing head to head with my friends in leagues. And Doesn't you matter. could easily, you could easily get some, you, you could go five and one with, you know, with your first six games with a guy like Zach Ertz probably scoring a touchdown a game for those first six games. Definitely. Definitely strategy involved in drafting head-to-head versus total points. Uh, I'm loving that you're mentioning that because there is specific strategies that you want to do for different types of leagues. Like best ball, you're going to go for a lot of high upside guys. Uh, like the Tyler Lockett, who's going to drop like two 50-point games and then do nothing the rest of the season. You want those two 50-point games because they will help you win that league. So loving the thought process there. Kalon Burks uh, at 8-6, Hunter Renfro, Shaker went Aaron Rodgers, another guy who I wanted in round eight. So I was the last team to take a quarterback. We'll go over who I took in a minute. Shaker, uh, any thoughts on Aaron Rodgers here, aside from the fact that he's really good? And yeah, that I mean, he, uh, he's a movie star now? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think uh, his his potential as a fantasy quarterback drops off a, a ton without uh, Devontae. And I know that might be a little bit of a hot take, but, you know, there's the stat that's been uh, thrown out out there where uh, Rodgers actually has um, better fantasy points per game without Devontae than he does with Devontae. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, and I'm looking for one of these rookies to really step up. And maybe it's on Lazard, but I'm, I'm looking at one of those two, uh, two rookies there uh, in Green Bay to step up. So I'm thinking uh, Rodgers could, uh, could end up being a steal in the eighth round. And I'm pretty happy with that because I saw a little bit of a drop off after him. Alan Lazard has entered the chat. Alan Lazard has entered the chat. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, I, I'm very upset that you took him. 
Uh, I took Dallas Goddard and the Matthew Stafford at my picks at 8, 10, 9, 2. Uh, Dallas Goddard, I think, has top five tight end potential. Tight end, obviously, is a position where there's not a ton of upside each year. Uh, but Jalen Hurts and Dallas Goddard combined for some pretty good weeks last year towards the end of the season, even though you may have missed the playoffs because you started them for the middle of the season. Uh, Dallas Goddard was finishing his tight end two, tight end four. So he looked really good. And I think they're only going to continue to build up their, their rapport. And then I took Matthew Stafford. I was the last team to take a quarterback. So I'm, I, I needed a quarterback. I was not willing to pull the trigger super late on a Derek Carr or Kirk Cousins. I wanted some sort of assurance uh, for a guy on my top five offense. Elijah Moore, James Cook, Chris Olave, Dawson Knox, Tyler Lockett, Rashad Penny also went. Shaku, you took Pat Freermuth. You took the Muth. The Muth is loot. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I might have to start using that. Maybe that's a team name idea. Um, but yeah, I think, again, he was the last in a tier of tight ends where after him, it really just drops off. I mean, I we talked about Disicki earlier. Um, I don't love Komet this year, and um, Albert, Albert O is really that next tier. Um, I don't, I don't love, uh, that tier. And I think Pat Frymuth is better than all of them. So I'm pretty happy to get him where I got him. Um, and you know, there's, there's that old saying that, uh, young quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks, especially. So when Kenny, Kenny Pickett eventually takes over the reins, um, in Pittsburgh, uh, will throw a lot to his tight ends and, uh, Pat Frymuth showed a lot at the end of last year, and I think he's starting to understand NFL offenses and the way the Steelers want to work. So I'm I'm really excited about that pick. Awesome, uh, Brandon Ayuk, Melvin Gordon, Connor. You took Alan Lazard. We've talked about him a lot. He's gonna be Rogers' number one option, and you always want that. I'm I'm very fairly certain of that. Yes. Then Garrett Wilson pick after Robert Woods. A lot of value still. It was in the ninth, 10th round of the draft. Robert Woods, Trey Lance. Brandon took Christian Chart and Damian Pierce, another guy that I wanted to target. Man, this is part of what I hate it being. The turn is, even though you don't have to rely on ADP, other people can still come in and snipe you regardless. Uh, Brandon, you want to explain the Christian Kirk, Damian Pierce kind of turn here before we get into kind of the rest of what happened here in round 10? Yeah, sure. So uh, I was very happy with the last pick of the ninth round to get a uh, definitive wide receiver one for their team. I think Christian Kirk is the last one. Uh, you know, tons of wide receiver twos and some wide receiver threes have already gone. Uh, so to get Christian Kirk at the last pick of the ninth round, who doesn't even have that bad of a quarterback and who certainly has a high passing volume offense with a bad defense that'll necessitate passing. Um, I was you know thrilled to have him here. And then um, Damian Pierce, we talked about him earlier, but he has a chance to be a wide a running back one. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson went the pick after. He also has a chance to be a running back one for his team, but I think Pierce's chance is bigger at this point. So I was much, very happy to grab Pierce, maybe with a 60% chance that he's leading that team in carries. Uh, I think that he's the last guy that has a better than 50% chance on the board. Then we have... Mondre Stevenson, Chase Claypool, Derek Carr off the board. Connor, you took Michael Carter. Or do you think that maybe Brees Hall might not get as many touches as we think? You're the Jets fan here. So J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. 
I just kind of wanted a Jets player. Not even gonna lie. I mean, that's that's a viable <laughs> strategy. Himself. I you know I I think that you know Brees Hall is a rookie. Michael Carter had some positive moments as you know watching him last year. He definitely had some positive moments for the Jets. Um, I remember there's that one game that he had that he had like 30 points or something like that. Um, you know, I'm not sure there's elite value there with Michael Carter, but you know, hometown pick and there's at least some upside. So I'll go with them. That's definitely something that you can always do in the draft too. If you, if you're unsure, pick a guy you like, that's, that's a strategy and it, it works. Sky Moore next, Mike Jusecki. Shaka, you took Isaiah Spiller. Uh, is this Austin Eckler insurance? Absolutely. Um, you know, Brandon took Damian Pierce in the beginning of the round. That was the guy I was targeting. Um, but Isaiah Spiller for me is, is really just Austin Eckler insurance. I've heard a lot of good things about how he's performing, but I really don't think he's going to take anything away from Eckler. This is really just uh, insurance for me on my bench. All right. Tyler Boyd, Kirk Cousins. Then I took Ronald Jones. Kadarius Tony went next, then Cole Komet, and then Gus Edwards. So I took a pair of running backs here. Uh, Ronald Jones could be the starter in Kansas City, which is very concerning, specifically if you own Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, because um, they signed Ronald Jones to compete with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and Ronald Jones always seems to find a way to take touches from running backs. It's a theme that happens every year, and it's we're we're two years removed from Ronald Jones being a top 15 running back, I believe, in Tampa Bay. So he definitely has done it before. And he's potentially a better runner than Clyde at this point, which, again, concerning for Clyde. Personally, of the Chiefs running backs, I may take Jarek McKinnon for the passing upside, but this time I decided to mix it up. And then Gus Edwards, I I think he has the chance to emerges the starter for the Ravens because I'm not completely bought in on J.K. Dobbins. Uh, I think they may employ a two-headed monster here. And I think Gus definitely will see more of the goal line. So I think his touchdown upside is higher. But we'll see. The other thing is I think Gus's injury last year was a lot cleaner. Uh, J.K. has some more stuff going on, so I'm a little concerned about that, which only raises Gus's value for me. Russell Gage, Hunter Henry went next. Jack took Christian Watson. Uh, one note on him, uh, he did get surgery on his knee. We're not sure when he's coming back. He does have potential upside, though. Shaker, uh, are you concerned that Rodgers does not target rookies that much? Yeah, that's, that's my main concern with Watson. But, I mean, he's got to target someone, right? Someone's got to be that wide receiver, too. Um, and this is really just purely an upside play where, if Watson, you know, shows out in the first couple of weeks, he could end up as the wide receiver one in that Green Bay op- offense. And, you know, I, I was very comfortable with the four receivers that I picked before him um, and having Watson as my fifth receiver on my bench um, and seeing how that plays out. I'm completely comfortable with the, with just a pure upside play right there. Absolutely. Alexander Madison, Michael Gallup. Connor, you took Jarvis Landry. Uh do you think there's any room in this New Orleans offense here for him to emerge and carve out a role, maybe as a flex option? I think there's potential for a flex option. You know, it's it's the 11th round, so um, there's a little bit less upside here. Some people like to go for rookies. They think they can break out. 
Sometimes what I like to do in the late rounds of my fantasy drafts is goes for guys that you know have talent and hope they can find their way in an offense. And Jarvis Landry has been a top wide receiver in his career before. He obviously has the talent. Can he make it work? That's another question. But he obviously has the talent. He's a talented guy, and he has a quarterback that will sling the ball a lot. So, you know, sometimes as a back as an emergency flex option, hopefully he catches a touchdown and has some big catches. You know, it's the eleventh round and my fifth wide receiver drafted. So I'm very fine taking a talented guy there. Tyler Algier, Tua, Jamison Williams, then Brandon. You took Raheem Mostert in Miami, Rashad White in Tampa Bay. Uh, I think the Raheem Mostert pick in particular could be very interesting for you. Such a late round flyer on a guy who could potentially be starting for his offense. Any, anything you'd like to add there? Yeah. Mostert's the fastest running back in the NFL uh, in terms of miles per hour. Um, He's the kind of guy, if he does have a role, then I want his carries, but if he doesn't get carries week one, then I can drop him. No problem. And move on. Uh, as for Rashad White, he's a little bit of a different case. Um, if Leonard Fournette gets hurt, Rashad White is a league winner. Um, otherwise, he still could have a small role in the passing game that could make him a decent flex option. So he has a little bit of standalone value, but really he has that um, league winning handcuff sort of upside. Um, and for an older back who's going through significant weight changes, um, I think this is one of the handcuffs that I would be targeting in the late rounds. Yeah, definitely. If you're going to target a guy, uh, you're going to target a guy like Rashad White, who has that league winning upside. Albert O, then Naheem Hines, who also has that type of upside, plus has proven to be a good flex option for Team 10. Uh, MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling for Team 9. He goes from Aaron Rodgers throwing him balls to Patrick Mahomes. Could be interesting. Connor, seems you took out our advice on Gibson to heart. You took Brian Robinson. Uh, you took some insurance here. Uh, do you think that there's a chance he potentially passes Gibson for the job? Who knows? No one knows. That's the thing. You know, there's conflicting reports that are going on. And uh, I've seen articles. I, I, I've only seen articles that Antonio Gibson was going to be the starter. And you came in telling me at the beginning of this episode that Brian Robinson may be taking the starting spot. So with no one else that I loved on the board in round 12, might as well have a guaranteed starter um as like a third running back you know one of the two of them is going to be the starter so I have Najee Chubb and whoever the commander's starting running back is absolutely I think I think that's a great play there late in the draft ensure that you have control of a backfield that's the name of the game here because you have to start two running backs Irv Smith Jahan Dotson then Shaka you took Daryl Henderson uh do you think that Cam Akers into his season last year uh, could lead to Henderson getting a little bit more work. Um, to be honest, I hope not because I have I just traded with Brandon for Cam Akers in our dynasty league, but I have seen some reports that that Darrell Henderson is having a good camp. Um, so you know I'm a little concerned there for the dynasty league, but I think it's again just. Um, an upside play here where if he's the starting running back, I just drafted, you know, my fifth running back as another starting running back. So that's, that's really my thought process right there. Rondell Moore, Marlon Mack next. I took Jacoby Myers and then Deshaun Watson went Buffalo Bills, Tyler Higby. Uh, I took Jacoby and Tyler Higby. 
Tyler Higby, I think I took him just as a backup tight end in, in the event of a Goddard injury or in the event that I need him for a couple of weeks. And then Jacoby, I took because we're unsure who the wide receiver one in the Patriots offense is. They signed Devontae Parker, who has had success before. But it seemed to me last year that Mac started to cross Jacoby Myers. He, he's thrown 100% of Jacoby Myers' touchdowns in his career. So there's definitely that. And Jacoby's good. He's a good, relatively young wide receiver. He seems like the type of guy that Bill Belichick would want to feature in an, in an offense. And I'm taking him as a flyer, as my fifth guy, just in the event that I something happens to my top three guys. And I may need to start somebody before DeAndre Hopkins comes back. Uh, I think that Jacoby Myers is a guy that can get me like around 10 points. Kenny Galladay, Matt Prater. Shocker, you took Winston. Jameis Winston next. I yeah. think that's definitely an interesting play. I, I think uh, as a backup, especially when I have a guy like Rodgers as my starter, uh, I'm simply just looking for, again, the high upside. That's been the theme of my draft. Um, and Winston is someone who, you know, he's, he was pretty solid uh, at the beginning of last year before he got injured. And um, he has a really good receiving core now. Uh, Michael Thomas coming back. He's got uh, Jarvis and uh, Olave, who they drafted. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with Winston as a backup because, you know, I, I'm fine with him stepping in in a bye week when Rodgers is out or uh, if Rodgers gets hurt, gets hurt for a week or two. Absolutely. I think that definitely uh, Winston is a high upside type backup quarterback where he could potentially come in and give you a lot of points and a lot of upside if you need it. Justin Fields and Justin Tucker. Connor, you took Jamal Williams kind of as your last skill position guy. Uh, he definitely has some potential upside where he can step into a role in Detroit to spell uh, DeAndre Swift. And to be honest, I see some upside if he if Swift gets hurt. I really did not want to pick Jamal Williams. I really didn't want, didn't need a sixth running back. I really wanted actually Winston or Fields who went the two second and third pick before me. So kind of got stuck with Jamal Williams. I mean, Hey, whatever. That's sometimes how the draft goes, but I think that's a completely fine pick. Then Baltimore Ravens, Noah Fant, Los Angeles Rams defense, Romeo Dubes, Brandon. Yeah. Romeo then Dubes. Austin Hooper. You're not, yeah. you're not taking a kicker in a defense here. No. So, um, yeah, I took Romeo Dubs. I think he's my favorite pick relative to draft position on the Packers. Um, a lot of only positive reports out of camp about him, and he's healthy. Sounds great to me. Uh, in the 13th round, and then Austin Hooper, I think he's going to get a lot of volume in Tennessee. Uh, Woods and Burks are interesting targets for Tannehill, but they're both new, just like Hooper. So Hooper should uh, be very involved. Uh, especially in the beginning of the year. Um, and when your platform doesn't require you to take a kicker or a defense, I always think you shouldn't take one. Uh, you know, this way, if Romeo Dobbs uh, is the wide receiver one on Green Bay, then, you know, I can hold on to him. But if he's going to be inactive week one, then I can drop him for a defense. Um, but if the platform gives you flexibility like Sleeper does, then I am uh, completely in favor of not taking a kicker or a defense because those guys will always be available on your wire. 
And then of these players that you have drafted, which one would you drop for a kicker in defense? So right now, um, I, I'd probably get more clarity on Raheem Mostert and Romeo Dubs before the start of the year. So those would be the ones that I would drop. But if Mostert or Dubs were both starters, then I would switch those drops to guys like White or Hirsch, uh, depending on what happens with their preseason status. All right. Um, and then Austin Hooper, I just noticed he was your first tight end taken. That's very interesting. George Pickens, Evan McPherson, David Njoku went next. Connor, you took the Cowboys defense, New Orleans Saints, Bucks. Shaqter took the Chargers defense. Mark Ingram, Harrison Budker, I took Daniel Carlson, Matt Gay, Judy uh, McKissick, Patriots defense, 49ers defense, Packers defense, Devontae Parker, Shaqter. Uh, let's talk about that real quick because you foregoed a kicker. Yeah, um, I was picking right when Brandon was talking about how if a platform doesn't give you, uh, gives you the option to not pick a kicker or defense, you shouldn't. And, you know, I was like, what the heck? Devontae Parker could be uh, a wide receiver one. You know, we, we talked about how New England doesn't really have one right now. Um, and, you know, I, I think I would have just picked Tyler Bass if I was going to go kicker. But there was like a two-point differential between the number one kicker and like the number 15 kicker or something last year. So if I don't need to pick a kicker um, – I won't pick a kicker and I'll see how the Devontae uh, Parker wide receiver battle plays out. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty happy getting a, an upside pick with my last pick of the draft. See, uh, I, I agree with you guys on the kicker and the defense. I did set it up. So this league would have a kicker in a defense slot. So you would have to start those guys week one for me. I pick kickers and defenses just because the 14th and the 15th round guys would be the guys that I would, putt anyways so I might as well just get the kicker in the defense that I want and kind of roll with that uh speaking of Tyler Bass you said you would have picked him he went next so you would not have that option so there are definitely pros and cons here to taking a kicker and a defense if you have a kicker in a defense slot in your league uh those showed both in the sense that you wouldn't get the kicker you necessarily wanted but it gives you a little bit more flexibility to store some guys on your bench during the preseason, kind of decide maybe like, let's say Christian Watson uh, gets hurt or uh, Daryl Henderson is relegated to the fourth running back. Then you could cut those guys and just pick up a random guy without any real loss. So there's definitely pros and cons to this type of strategy. Kenny Gainwell, a guy who I love went uh, round 15 to team seven. Connor took Brandon McManus, uh, then Nick Falk went, the Denver Broncos defense went, Young Ho. Young Way Koo. Young Way Koo. I'm sorry. Young Way Koo went uh, to Team 11. And then Brandon, of course, with the final pick. Danny Dimes. So this, is such a, this is such a fitting Mr. Relevant. He took Danny Dimes. Danny Dimes. Yeah. Don't um I don't necessarily endorse taking two quarterbacks um but when when your number thirteen quarterback is available in the last pick of the draft then then you have to take two quarterbacks so I uh, I pulled the trigger on Danny Dimes. I'm not going to justify that last statement. Uh, okay, so <laughs> team recap. So I have at the quarterback position. I have Matthew Stafford. And then uh, 
And then at my running backs, I have Christian McCaffrey, Leonard Fournette. Wide receivers, Mike Evans, Portland Sutton. Amon Ra is my flex. Dallas Goddard, my tight end. Uh, Daniel Carlson, kicker, Patriots defense. And then my bench would consist of DeAndre Hopkins, Green Hunt, uh, Ronald Jones, Gus Edwards, Jacoby Myers, and Tyler Higby. Schachter took Austin Eckler. Ezekiel Elliott for his running backs, Debo Samuel, Mike Williams for his wide receivers, quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Flex would be, uh, I'll give you Chris Godwin here. Uh, Pat Freermuth at the tight ends. Defense, Chargers, no kicker. His bench consists of Josh Jacobs, Juju, Isaiah Spiller, Christian Watson, Daryl Anderson, Jameis Winston, and Devontae Parker. Connor took Najee Harris, Nick Chubb to fill out his running back core. Then he took Michael Pittman, Jalen Waddle for his wide receivers. Flex at Brandon Cook, quarterback Dak Prescott, Zach Ertz, tight ends. Then for his kicker, he took Brandon McManus. Defense, he took the Cowboys. For his bench, he took Gibson. He took Lazard, Carter, Landry, Brian Robinson, and Jamal Williams. And then Brandon, for his quarterback, took Jalen Hurts. Running backs, he has Saquon Barkley, J.K. Dobbins. His wide receivers, he has C.D. Lamb and D.J. Moore. Flex, he has Miles Sanders. Tight end, he waited until the 14th round to pick up Austin Hooper. Sneaky little pickup there. Uh, no defense, no kicker. His bench has Gabe Davis, James Robinson, Christian Kirk, Damian Pierce, Raheem Mostert, Chad White, Romeo Dubes, and Daniel Jones. So, as you can see through this mock draft, a lot of different ways you can build up a bunch of different good teams. I'm liking all of our teams here, guys. I think we all did a real good job. Yeah, I like them all too. Uh, everybody took two running backs in the first three rounds, and I think that is the easiest way to make your team look attractive um, after a mock draft. I think that's the best strategy, and we've talked about that this year. Um, we all did it, so uh, good on us. Good on us. Pat ourselves on the back. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I wish I could have this team. Jake, is there a way to turn this into a league? Yeah, I would. Uh, I would absolutely love this team, dude. I'm. I'm. I love my team. This is one of the best teams that I've drafted. I think in any mock drafts that I've done. Uh, let me look into that. We may be able to turn that into a league, or at least so, some way to like track it, so we can look at this at the end of the season. Yeah, gotta have yeah, some sort uh, of episode. Yeah, in at the Sleeper, end of the year. actually, there is a feature that you can convert this to a league. So maybe, maybe we might do that. And uh, at the end of the season, we'll uh, recap on another episode and see whose team did best. Sounds so I'll, I'll talk to you guys about that. Uh, Connor, Andrew, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. It was a blast having you guys. Um, so much fun mock drafting with you guys. Uh, we'll look forward to maybe having you on a future episode. Yeah, thanks for having us. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you so much, Jake. You know, as, a, as, the, as the casual in the group, I'm, I'm happy I was able to hold my own. I, I definitely think you did that, Connor, and then stuff. All right. With that, um, that's another episode of the Fantasy Fallout Podcast. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. And next week, we'll get back into our positional rankings. We'll cover the tight ends. And then, of course, the most important position rankings, defense and kicker. So we will catch you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening. Peace out.